Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Jack Inslee is all about the 2008 or 2009, depending on where you live. Mike Tyson, Doc Tyson. Uh, we rewatched this critically acclaimed film because Mike Tyson is boxing again, and a lot of people care about it, and not a lot of people care about boxing, so it made sense to rewatch this what was once considered great film and uh, viewing it through 2020. We don't know if it's so great. Um, because things aren't so great, we now have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody.com. It's in this podcast description. It's on our about page. Maybe if we ever worked with Don King, we wouldn't need a Patreon account. But, uh, oh, well, I'll uh, continue to live this life without ever working for Don King. Here's the show. You are not a fan of Tyson, the 2009 documentary about Mike Tyson. No. Why is that? Because it felt like one of the laziest documentaries I'd ever watched. Was it a good movie? No. <laughs> what? No, you... it was. It, okay. was a, it was a fucking podcast with some with some B roll and some clips of fights. Okay, so this is before podcasts really took over. Mm hmm. And. The fact that the B-roll was just taken from like ESPN Classic and they didn't even try to get the actual footage, which is not hard to get. Not at all. Made me like it a little bit more. <laughs> Dude, it was the laziest like piece of filmmaking I, I can remember seeing. Um, I think I think I remember watching it in the theaters, I even believe, when it came out. Um, I wasn't sure if I'd seen it or not, and then I quickly remembered I had. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it being pretty exciting and revelatory at the time. And I think that's because Tyson hadn't given an interview quite like this. Yeah. the There was unprecedented access and this kind of unedited feel to the conversation with him in some parts. Um, he cries. He admits certain things. But upon revisiting it, it all felt very exploitative. Of Tyson? Uh-huh. Oh, I disagree completely. Like they got him to this vulnerable place where... He produced it. I, I'm not doubting. I'm not artistically exploitative. Okay. I, I feel like they they got so much vulnerability from him, and as filmmakers, they did nothing with it. They took the path of least resistance with this raw footage, both literally and figuratively, and they did nothing. Okay. They did absolutely nothing. They didn't. There were no artistic shots. There were no there there were there wasn't any real context or research or they they didn't do anything with it. As filmmakers, they were just like, "Wow, we got it. We got the shot of him crying. Now let's put it in the film." So, do you think because, like you said, this was a podcast? If this was released today, it would have received the acclaim that it received in two thousand eight in the film festival no. circuit in two thousand nine when it was released domestically. No, I don't think so at all. Do you um, think it also would have been harshly criticized for around the one hour mark of the ninety minute movie? You get to see the uh, the fight press conference of the post jail, uh, super homophobic, super inappropriate uh-huh. Tyson freakout. I don't think that's the biggest problem with the film. What about when he's he's describing the. Um his relationship to women and well, they, they do that a handful on, of times. They do that a handful of times. Right. And I, maybe, maybe my opinion here is colored because I, I since have learned that the director, writer, producer of the film, James Toback had been accused of sexual assault himself. Mm-hmm. But 
I can't think of a more sympathetic way to paint this where they're like, it's just Mike Tyson walking on a beach and he keeps repeating these words. Like the editor of the movie just keeps repeating him saying like, I don't even remember what the words are, but it's not the, it's Tyson. It's Tyson doing voiceover. It's but it's, it's the way they edited his voiceover oh, okay. where they kind of like echo and repeat these certain words he keeps using. And it, it so that doesn't so bother me because weird, man, it's clearly they did three separate interviews. They had him wear the same thing. And they just splice them together. And the fact that you could use the three different interviews and have the same stories makes me think that those stories are true. And if they're not true, he believes them to be true. Yeah, but as a filmmaker, like, why, why was he walking on the beach? Yeah, that's a weird this selection of B-roll. Like, this is it, the they made it like they tried to romanticize him in a strange way. It just, I don't know if at, that's true. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they tried to romanticize him or they tried to let. They gave him enough rope, right? They let him tell his stories. They let his flaws be his flaws. No judgment. And maybe that's what you're reacting to, the lack of judgment in any way whatsoever. I think I'm. it's the lack of context. And I think the producer in me and the editor in me is just like, these people are lazy, man. Like some of these overlay shots were just bad. It looked like a fucking student film. I was like, how is this... How was money put into the production of this thing? Other than well, we don't know how much money was actually put into the production of this thing. I have no idea. It did I not mean, look like it was. It it looked very affordable to make. Like you or I could make this today. Yeah, and that's not a knock on us. It's just technology has gotten remarkably better in the last twelve years. Yeah. I... It, again, it just felt really, really lazy to me. It felt it felt like watching the privilege of the director be like, it's enough that I got this interview. I don't need to put any extra work to make this film any good. See, I don't, I, I, do can't, I can't agree with it. I think the first 40 minutes are really good. Hmm. I do. I really think the first 40 minutes pretty much until D'Amato dies. I think it's a good film. Yeah. It's a good story. Again, it's a good interview. It's a good story. But as a film, even in the beginning, the way that they overlay these kind of like boxes of footage and like you said, they're just using ESPN classics. That It just seemed lazy as all I could keep thinking. It's like, this is a lazy film as a production. It's difficult to disagree with that. And the money involved, you have Carmelo Anthony is listed as yeah. a producer. This is you Carmelo have, Anthony like just when he got in the league too. Yeah. For sure. Um, there were a lot of people involved with the film. This director, you know, mm -hmm. uh, was a you know, successful director. I, I just I couldn't understand why it felt so lazy production wise. I don't think it was necessarily lazy. I think it was maybe the first of its kind. That's probably true. Where now we seem to, especially coming off the last dance, which is the best way to do it in the least lazy version that seems lazy, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we're... The good thing about Tyson is... Tyson will tell you the truth. In this film, he admits to sexual assault. He admits, I essentially raped that woman, but not the woman I went to jail for raping. Mm-hmm. That's not a good thing or a... That's a bad thing, obviously. I'm not, we're not condoning sexual assault, but there are very, 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 very few subjects that are this open of a book. So... I don't know if you need it anymore. Tyson literally tells you what you're thinking during the, the press conference of the last fight 
which they use the footage of. He's like, no, I'm just doing this for money. I need I need to pay bills. Like, no other fighter is going to say that in the ring. He just lost. No, and I I come away from this, you know, like Tyson is impressive, the person, but why is the film impressive? Because well, it, you seem to be impressed by his, his kind of clarity and his openness. Oh, I'm not which impressed by with. Tyson. I'm not impressed by Tyson. I think it's a sad story, and I think that the current acclaim, his gentle hand back into mainstream success. This is the year before The Hangover, you know? Because of The Hangover, Tyson ends up with an Adult Swim mystery series, a la Scooby-Doo. He's co-hosting Kimmel. Like, he's he's in the public conscious because of this film. Yeah. That's why. That I'm, And in no way am I saying, like, Tyson's a good dude. Tyson's a bad dude. Not like the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Just like he's a bad person. And certain types of behavior are never okay. And one of those is you can't rape people. Peer, and stop. It's not complicated. Right. It doesn't matter your background. Mm-hmm. That's not a complicated statement. He shows little to no remorse whatsoever for doing what he's done to anyone. That's a bad person. There, and stop. He's not a lovable figure with a cute face tattoo. He's a bad person. Can that person be a captivating figure? Absolutely. That's did this film did this film do the most, make the most of that captivating personality? I don't know. Kind of. Uh, here's the thing: Are you, if you look at this as reporting, I think it's a good film. They actually cover the things that you don't expect them to cover, because Tyson is so open. You know what his prison experience was like. He admits to raping someone, but not the person he went to jail to raping. He talks about having an STD when he won his first belt. These are insane. These are this is not a normal person. It's the exact opposite of Jordan, who's hiding everything. And then even twenty years, twenty-two years after winning six and eight, he's crying on camera for pretty much saying the same stuff he was saying without crying. He doesn't reveal anything in The Last Dance, where Tyson reveals everything almost instantaneously. But it also felt like this film was Mike Tyson, the tabloid stories. It was like every chapter of this film was another salacious part of his career that was unveiled with his honest interview. Whereas I guess maybe from watching all these other sports docs that we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. the bar for me in sports doctor. I'm like, there's no context here. We don't even really see what the nineties were like or anything. It's just single focus. And that's why I felt like a podcast. I'm like, this feels like a podcast interview and it was a good podcast interview. But if you gave me the audio track of this film as is, I think anybody could put together a better visual presentation around it. In 2020, I a hundred percent agree with you because that's when we're talking if we're talking about when this was produced and released, 2007, 2008, domestically 2009, I have to respectfully disagree because that form doesn't yet exist. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's fair. And I think that's why it was very gripping when I saw it in the theaters. And I remember being really impressed by it and it moved. Um, and rewatching it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. And I guess that is that, and it's only been 10 years um, about and it's interesting how far this medium has gone in 10 years because of podcasting. I yeah. mean, t- Mike Tyson has a podcast now where he does this every week with somebody as a host. 
Like that's fascinating. It is. It's a. It's incredibly fascinating. There's a and handful almost... of tidbits that. Be, okay, so if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to see the film, it's Mike Tyson talking for ninety minutes and stop. The only other yep. footage we see is archive footage. Usually, it's from uh, post-fight or pre-fight footage. Occasionally, some fight footage, and then occasionally, like your random still of the detention center Tyson went to as a twelve-year-old, like that kind of stuff, right? Yes. So they never actually say they mention Tyson says Don King's a bad dude. Don King is the one of the worst human beings in sports. I wanted so ever. much more on Don King. Don King, not, this is not a joke, was the most popular person at the 2016 Republican National Convention next to Donald Trump. I'm not joking. <laughs> I was on the floor the night Don King showed up out of nowhere, and the biggest media scrum happened around Don King. The most amount of delegates wanted to get their picture taken with Don King. He smelled like death. Do you know what that smell is like when you're yeah. with? Yeah, Lost he smelled ball. like an old person about to die. He's still with us, I think. Um, yeah, Don King's a horrible human being. He literally killed someone. Yeah. Anyways, he did. that's a big part. Of, I would love to see that. Like, why would anybody work with Don King and stop? Like, I want to know that film. Number two, um, before we recorded this, I sent you a link to a book that I loved 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 reading um i, I saw it pro i read it probably around the same time as this film was released originally it's uh fire and fear the inside story of mike tyson by jose torres i think it does a fantastic job getting us from zero to jail for tyson hmm. so it does not cover the last the last half of man the, the last 25 years of this man's life but it's a wonderful 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 book and number three here's a fun little tidbit do you know why Trump Plaza was able to put itself on the map? No. Tyson fights and WWF. That they, I don't know if you noticed the first few fights in this film of Tyson as a pro. Threat Trump Plaza. That I didn't realize. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's how Trump made his name in the casino business. Not because he was good at casinos. He bankrupted his casinos, which is very difficult to do. Now uh, you're outlining a great doc here, drawing the lines between Don King and. Donald Trump and yeah it's Mike not like Trump. I spent fucking five years doing research on this stuff so yeah <laughs> like attracts like and the fact that Tyson and Trump are in the exact same orbit and have been from their heyday to now is in no way surprising and both right. both fucked around with wrestling that's never covered in this doc um, the Tyson wrestling angle in WWF at the time may be the biggest wrestling angle of all time wow Austin versus uh, Michaels with Tyson is the guest referee. No joke, might have been the biggest draw of all time. Hmm. Maybe Andre Hogan in WrestleMania three is bigger, but in terms of mainstream stuff, it's neck and neck. I guess the frustration in this film and watching it is is in realizing that there are so many angles to attack this from and to explore in this man's life and story and... Yeah, maybe it's not fair of me to say this film is necessarily bad. It just didn't... Yeah, I, there's so much more you can do and that can be done. Well, the good thing about it is we're far from over when it comes to Tyson stories and Tyson films. This com this is an important film because this is like Tyson at four years old. Yeah. And as a, as a look back at that, that's super interesting. I... 
I don't think I'm the only one thinking the last 11 years of his life might be more interesting and might be more uplifting. I can't, he hasn't gone to jail. He's been in a lot of mainstream stuff. He had a one man show. He last week he fought and people seem to love it. It drew 1.2 million. Like the only other person drawing this much is also like a freak show boxing event. And when I say freak show, I don't mean they're a freak show. I just mean it's out of the ordinary. It's a McGregor fight, you know? That's not a boxer. Tyson's not really a boxer anymore. These are the fights that actually draw because the sport has been so decimated. We're st- we, as the sports going conscious, like care more about Mike Tyson than Tyson Fury. Yeah. Indeed. I just feel like I watch too much first take and I'm just regurgitating. <laughs> <laughs> I guess also it's it's worth you know questioning whether like maybe this film really helped him because you know, maybe going through this process of being on camera and being that emotional and having it released in theaters and get all the, like, maybe that's why he has a podcast now. Maybe that's why he's been, like you said, the, the hangover happens. Like a lot happens to him after this. And this could, the, the very act of doing this film may have been a huge turning point in his life and career. I think it is. I think it's and, a bigger turning point than his like 2005 last real fight. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I guess for that, it's interesting, you know, and maybe it's really just the, the nerd in me that was most frustrated with the song choices or the lack of every production post production in this was bafflingly low grade. This does have my favorite. I actually think this is legitimately amazing. Why don't more fighters do this? Um, which is his theme song, which they play the footage of, which I'm surprised and happy they did. Do you remember this? of Tyson in his heyday with his theme song? Yeah. No one does that. It's just essentially feedback and uh, chains clanking on the ground. That's crazy intimidating. Yep, it absolutely is. So that's like that's a cool thing, <laughs> you know? I don't know. There are a lot more Tyson docs, I, I realized, oh, as yeah. I, I was an Apple TV and I was searching for this one, and it was like, whoa, okay, 10 different results came up of different Tyson docs. He's, um, he is this captivating of a figure. Yeah, he really is. I think he's... So, previously this we did Maradona. Tyson maybe was bigger. Overall. Mm-hmm. I think Tyson was bigger, but he wasn't as beloved. Uh, was he bigger? I don't know, man. Dude, think of every single kid that had Mike Tyson's not punch out or knock out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That alone probably puts you in the consciousness yeah, but of a generation outside, of children. I know, I know he alludes to this fame that he had in other countries and all these people, he like other prime ministers he had met and stuff like that, but I don't know that it reached the global level that Maradona did. I think if you combine everything, some total, Tyson has a bigger cultural footprint than Maradona. If you go individual and loved, Maradona wins every time. Hmm. It's an interesting. Apparently, Diego Maradona interviewed Mike Tyson on TV once. That's a that we should do that one next. Yeah, I don't know how long it is. The Maradona Tyson interview. They they did cross paths apparently a few times. Um, there are a bunch of photos of them together, and because um, like who else is living in this orb? There, because is there any other boxer that's come close? Is it Ali actually? Yeah, Muhammad Ali is the only one that's come close to this. But Muhammad Ali's career was so different. It's funny, Mike Tyson posted a tribute on Twitter. The hand of God Maradona has left us. In 86, we both won our championships. They used to compare the two of us. He was one of my heroes and a friend. I respected him so much. He will be greatly missed. 
And then Tyson posted a wildly pixelated photo of the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) To which a fan responded with the clear version of that photo underneath. (laughs) Very funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a very lonely lifestyle. That being said, there's no excuse for rape. Just don't fucking rape. Period. Also, as a father, and even, you know, you don't have to be a father to just realize, like, don't be a shitty parent. Yeah. It's not hard. To not be a shitty parent, and most and almost all of these docs are, other than the wrestling docs, like push that to the side, like they don't even talk about it. No, it's not difficult to be a good parent, but it's Tyson. I still don't like. I find his life incredibly captivating, and all of my ire against him from rewatching this maintains. Mm. Um. And I do think that if Gus, if D'Amato lives, his life is totally different. Potentially. I mean, I think Don King, that's the angle I want to explore. Yeah, but most. King doesn't come into the orbit until D'Amato's dead. I know, but also Holyfield doesn't happen without King. And who knows what King, I, I don't know. I don't know so enough. So you think King might have been a good thing? No. Oh. No, I'm saying King might have just exacerbated some oh, of the worst. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Yes, and like I don't know, for better or worse, if Tyson's career trajectory follows the same path without King, and I don't know, maybe he doesn't become so ubiquitously famous without King. Maybe if King was part of that. Oh, but... for sure. Yeah, and that's when has that ever been a good thing? Nah, that know. famous. Money? I don't know. Clooney. That's the only one. Clooney. <laughs> maybe Brad Pitt. Maybe Beyonce. I don't know. A lot of her albums make it sound like her life is not fun. So I'm I'm looking for Dolly Parton. She's benefited. Oh, absolutely has. There's not there, many though. There do not seem to be many documentaries on Don King. There's a film that was made where um, Ving Rhames played Don King. Yeah. There's unauthorized documentaries on YouTube, but I mean that's. That's the story I'm most interested, I guess, after watching this. Yeah. Did you ever read comic books? No. Okay, so I think it was Marvel, but there was a whole series of what if. It's like, so like, what if Spider-Man never got bit? Or like, what if Wolverine's claws were made out of blank instead of blank, right? I think that these are the docu, like a series of those docs, or a series for like Netflix would be perfect. Like, what if D'Amato never dies in Mike Tyson's life? Yeah. What if Don King stays in jail for killing a man. What if Maradona was allowed to leave Naples? Yeah. These are these are great. I I want to see those. And they're and they're never going to happen and no. I don't see why they wouldn't because you're just guessing. So you can't be wrong. Yeah. No, it's it could almost follow, follow the same format as like a true crime thing, yeah. just being a little speculative and We could make every single one of them and then it turned out Mike Tyson was the Golden State killer. <laughs> Did this turn you off to Tyson anymore? Or does it make you feel differently about him? Um, no, it didn't really give me anything new. Yeah, I feel the same about him. Yeah, I feel conflicted. I, I, you know, I see a, a man that's not mentally all there. Yeah. Um, who has been taken advantage of and has taken advantage of others. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it hasn't. Really, didn't really change much. We need to figure out a, a new word 
besides like okay, so is Tyson's both a victim and a perpetrator, right? So like, what mm-hmm. is, what is that word? And I know some, I get it. We're all, but like, that's really what this film is about, and everything around it is about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what's that term? You got me. But uh, it certainly seems to be represented in a lot of these huge sports stars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're champion. Look- that's the word. Champion. 